Welcome back to the Murdy Creative Co. Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Murdy, and today's topic is supply lines. But first, I want to say thank you to everyone who supported the company so far. If you haven't got a chance, go check us out on the web at murdycreative.co. That's M-U-R-D-Y creative.co. Or you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching at murdycreative.co to see the best of our product shots. Follow us, keep up to date with our daily photos, and be the first one to know about new product launches. You can also use the subscribe button at the bottom of our website to be included in all of our new product announcements. Be sure to check out our laser engraving, personalization options, and exclusive colors on the website, or you can get a blank one on Amazon Prime. All right, so today we're talking about supply lines. One of the things that I think is entirely predictable in any pandemic, global, local, or otherwise, is interesting changes in the supply chain. So to properly tell this story, I need to go back a little while. When I'd hired Merrill as the director of production and operation, it was a much smaller company. And we were really struggling at the time to grow. We'd been really, 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 I think we'd been struggling mostly because a lot of the little details were not getting attended to. Because I am, I have a lot of advantages, but one of the things I'm not particularly good at is the little, little tiny details of managing things. And I wish I was better at it, and I should get better at it, and it's something I'm practicing and working on, but Meryl is very good at the little organizational details, and one of the things that she did that was one of the indicators very early on that I had made a right choice by, you know, having her in the position that she's in was that without prompting, she had begun to do an analysis of what inventory we used on a rolling basis. She had built a dynamic system that analyzed our sales and created safety stock and helped us figure out exactly what we needed. And what we found when we did that analysis backwards was that we had been wildly over-ordering our leather. Now, at the time, I had been um, ordering that leather specifically because of two reasons. One, I thought we would achieve a lot better growth than we actually did, and two, because we had worked with this leather company for a very short period of time, and so. I didn't fully understand exactly how we could optimize our ordering through them. And to give you a short version, in the leather industry, the leather is made in mills. Now, how many hides specifically fit in that mill can depend on a lot of different things, including the thickness, but mostly the thickness of the leather, as well as some of the other factors. So when you get leather tanned by a large tannery, they make your leather in small batches in mills. And what mill they put it in depends on the quantity, right? So they have big mills and they have little mills and then they have prototyping mill. Prototyping mill is good for like one hide to test out a color, to figure out exactly what you need to do and all of the other good stuff. The small mills are designed for, in this case, 600 square feet. And then the larger mills are are designed for 2,000 square feet. So we had been ordering our leather in 2,000 square foot batches. And at the time when we were ordering them, that was way, way, way too much leather. And we were holding onto it for a really long time. So we ended up getting into a capital problem where we would spend thousands and thousands of dollars on leather to just sit on the shelf and it wouldn't sell for six months maybe. And that would mean that we'd have tens of thousands in in some cases of leather just sitting on the shelf, not being going, not moving out the door. And we couldn't use that money to do other things, right? We were, we were mismanaging our capital. So Merrill's analysis had really helped us streamline our ordering to figure out exactly how much we needed to order of each color in a specific given time period. And we started to order smaller quantities at a higher price, specifically of certain leathers, 
on a more regular basis to help keep our capital flowing a little bit smoother. And that was a huge, huge win for us. And that happened about the summer, end of summer 2019, which was a really tough time for the company. And we leveraged that all the way through the beginning of the pandemic, especially when we realized that we were, the system actually predicted the pandemic um, a little bit, not perfectly, but a little bit, where it realized we were seeing a drop off in our sales almost before we did. And so we really were well organized at that time where we didn't have a lot of capital sitting on the shelf in leather. And ever since the beginning of the pandemic, we've been working to keep that the same, right? Working on ordering about the leather we need and not, not much more and having that leather arrive a little bit before we run out, right? The traditional version is called just-in-time inventory and or lean manufacturing. It is actually one of the major reasons why a lot of people got in trouble during the pandemic because when you're running a manufacturing company and you have just-in-time inventory, if any hiccup at all happens in the supply line, it can really, really screw you over in the long run because you can't make product, right? So that's a problem that is a, was part of the contributing factor of why the pandemic cascaded into the economy the way it did. However, we knew that when the pandemic hit, there was a, a pot, not just a possibility, a probability that we were going to get shut down at any moment. And so we worked on conserving capital by ordering not very much leather. Now that, I mean, that resolved itself relatively quickly. We got back up to pre-pandemic numbers, I think by June or May, or no, June, eh, it was June, July was when we really got back to pre-pandemic numbers last year for us. Um, and we've been strong pretty much ever since, but we have been continuing to be relatively judicious with the way we order leather. Normally, that's not a problem. Normally, our leather lead time for a full mill or even a partial mill is um, four weeks, three, four weeks normally, depending on the, the color and what they've got and all of the other things, but it's normally three or four weeks, and then our cutting partners that we have locally cut the leather into the shapes that we use is another two or three weeks. They used to be two weeks for sure, and now they're at three weeks. And all of these things have started to actually change a little bit. Our leather for the small mills jumped from a lead time of four weeks to a lead time of eight to 12 weeks for the, the small mills. And one of the major contributing factors to that, by my estimation, as well as my discussions with our leather part, you know, the tannery, is that a lot of people are ordering less leather and a lot of people are doing exactly what we were doing, where they're ordering exactly the amount they need. And a lot of times that's smaller than the big full mill. So that creates a problem because now all of a sudden there's only so many small mills and there's a lot of people who want to order in small mills. And so the big mills sit idle and the small mills get way backed up. So that's turned, for example, Onyx Leather, one of my favorites, what I use for my personal journals. Those, the lead time on Onyx right now, we ordered that a month ago and we still don't expect it to be in the workshop and cut into pieces and ready to go until probably mid-May even. That's the worst defender of all of them. Obviously, there are others that have become a little bit concerning, but the good news is that our core color, espresso, is something we've always ordered in the full mills and we always will order in the full mills. So for us, the core espresso, that classic brown color, is something that we will always be able to get relatively quickly and have on hand. It's the other colors that become tricky. One of the things that has become part of this discussion, however, is how do we adjust our safety stock and our inventory levels and our capital requirements to deal with this change in our supply line? Because it went from basically saying that a lead time on a, a part from start to finish in an off color could be somewhere between probably five months 
or no, no, five weeks, I should say, to something like 15 weeks. And that's a big difference if anyone has ever dealt with supply chain. That's a massive difference because that means you have to predict your supply needs 15 weeks out. And for us, we've been growing at a great rate this year already, but it's, and it's hard to know if that's going to continue. And so part of me says, well, we've been growing 30%, you know, the first two months of the year. So let's predict like we're going to keep growing at 30% over the course of the rest of the year. And then there's a part of me that says, well, if you do that and you're wrong, you can get in the hole real fast with a lot of leather. And we've done this before. So this creates a problem. The solution we've come up with, and we will see how this goes, because this is, even doing it this way, it's still going to put us in a little bit of a bind in that it's a little bit more leather than we probably would want. But we've been starting to order our leather in full mills of our off colors, but they've agreed to store half the mill for a longer period of time. So rather than us ordering 600 square feet of one of our off colors every month, every so often, you know, whatever, and then waiting another 15 weeks to be able to have it on the shelf, we're ordering 2,000 square feet of that color. They'll make it in their full mill. We'll take half of it, and then when it's done and when it's ready, when we need it, and then we'll leave the other half there, and they'll hold on to it for, you know, X amount of time until we need to, then we take the other half. Now, Fundamentally speaking, I think this is actually a better arrangement for both parties. One, like I said, it means they're going to end up selling us more of the off-colors than we would normally buy. Two, it'll help solve us solve our predictive problems with the inventory needs. Three, it allows us to be able to have, theoretically, a backup batch of leather always ready to go at the tannery to go to our cutting partners. And because of the way our, our terms are, our payment terms are with the tannery, we don't pay for the leather until 30 days after it's shipped. So theoretically, leaving half of those mills um, you know, in, the, in their storage means that we don't incur those bills until 30 days after we take that batch. Now, that still puts us in a bit of an interesting position, but, and, and I think that, you know, that we've, we've discussed this. This is the first time we'll be doing this with them, and they said, you know, we'll do, it with the, we'll do it for this PO and see how it works out, right? And I think that they're willing to kind of try this as well, because frankly, while it does put more pressure on them, because they basically have to front the material costs, but they're not, and they're not going to get paid for a long time, and they have to deal with the storage costs. I think they also realize that it's important for them to continue to, A, use their big mills, which are otherwise sitting idle for the most part, and B, it's also important for them to be able to provide customers like myself a better lead time and a more, uh, a more realistic lead time for our, what we're used to because it's important for them to keep us as clients and frankly, it's more advantageous for them for us to continue to succeed long term. So, I mean, I think, I don't know how this is going to last and frankly, I think they want us to go back to 600 square foot mills and I think we want to go back to 600 square foot mills. Um, but this is a good solution for the meantime. And who knows, maybe as the economy continues to improve, as things continue to evolve, frankly, as we continue to grow, it may make more sense for us to buy larger and larger quantities, right? If we end up hitting the numbers where it makes sense for us to buy full mills, which is, I think, what they're gambling on, of all of our off-colors as well as our espresso, I think we're going to be in good shape. I think that they would love that. It would keep them, you know, with their expensive big mills moving, and it would allow us to continue to have a good, solid supply line. So I think one of the, the, the key takeaways from this, though, is if you're in a position where you're dealing with suppliers, particularly good suppliers who you've worked with in the past and you have a relationship with, and this is one of the many reasons why it's important to develop good relationships with your suppliers, is that 
you can work on negotiating unique and custom solutions for unique and custom situations. And there is a, an element of good faith and history that I think allows for both parties to feel comfortable saying, everyone's going to do their best to make sure this works as best as it can for everyone so that we all can keep doing this in the long term. And I have been thrilled with the quality and, and um, sustainability of the leather that they've been able to provide us. And that is an exciting thing. And so I'm glad that we are going to be able to continue to work with these people and come up with you know, great products in the future. And I am excited for where the company is going. I do think we're going to hit the numbers we need to. And frankly, if I'm wrong, we'll find out. So thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Be sure to check back in on next Tuesday for our next topic. And don't forget to check that subscribe button below to be sure to get the latest podcast right away. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to hit the notification bell as well. Um, subscriptions don't mean so much anymore to YouTube. So if you hit that notification bell, it'll alert you when we post out new, new content on Tuesdays and Thursdays. If you have any questions or concerns about your leather binder, journal, or folio, please feel free to contact us on the main page of our website at murdycreative.co. Or you can, can, you can contact us via text, email, call, or direct message. Um, we're also available on Instagram and Facebook, but those are a little bit slower methods just because of how many messages we get on a regular basis. We're working on that too. You've got a quick question, something that you just, you know, you need to change your engraving because you typed your name in wrong or you forgot your email or you just want to get help in person. We do have a, a phone number, 414-434-9001. You can text or call that number. Uh, we are available from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Standard Time at that phone number. And if you're calling outside of those times, uh, just leave a voicemail. We'll do our best to get back to you as soon as possible. And we appreciate your patience. If you think we deserve it, a good review can go a long way to help us grow in your community. Uh, both a review on the podcast, whatever app you're listening on, or leave a nice comment on YouTube, um, or a, a review on the product itself. So if you go to murdycreative.co slash reviews, you can read all of our amazing five-star reviews, and there's a button that says, uh, you know, leave us a good review, and click on that, and that'll take you to facebook.com slash murdycreative.co slash reviews, and you can write your review there. We like to use them because they're a good third party to help uh, kind of make sure that we're not making it up. Also, if you want to leave us a bad review, please reach out to us first. I genuinely believe in the, we need to make sure everything goes well. I genuinely believe that we want to help and we will do everything in our power to make sure that you're happy. And, and it's, it's something that I think we really stand by our product. So before you leave us a bad review, please give us a chance to help fix it and make it right because we will and I want to. So really appreciate that. If you want to tell your friends about this, word of mouth is the best form of advertising and it really does help us. So you go to the top of our website, click login. All you need to use is an email and a password. That's all we need. And in the bottom left-hand corner, there is the rewards tab. If you're logged in and you're a member of the site, you can get 5% back on any purchase you make as in-store credit. And there's a shareable link in that bottom left-hand tab, the rewards tab, that if you share that link with your friends or family or enemies, for all I care, they get $5 back off their first purchase and you get $5 of in-store credit when they make that purchase. So it's a great way to share and everyone wins. So definitely do that if you're interested. It really helps us. If you have any topics you want to hear about for the podcast, reach out, send, them, send me an email, send uh, the company a contact form message, leave a comment below. Uh, we'll do our best to get, get, get to them, and I want to answer any questions you may have about the company, so definitely reach out. If you're looking for multiple binders, journals, folios, anything we sell, uh, for gifts, giveaways, menus, really any reason, ask about our book discounts. The minimum order quantity for a book discount code is five. That's five of one thing or one of five things. It's a mix and match. It's just based off the total cart quantity, so when you are ready to make that purchase and you've got all of the things that you're looking for, um, definitely just all you need to do is send us an email, S-A-L-E-S at murdycreative.co. That's sales at murdycreative.co. Send us an email, mention the number that you're getting, and uh, we'll be sure to get you a discount code for that. We are working on having that discount feature built into 
um, the card itself so you won't need a code in the future. That's part of our new Shopify transition that we may be making soon. So I'm hoping that that solves itself quickly. But otherwise, you can send us an email. Also, if you want to get a custom engraved um, of any of our product, journal, binder, folio, uh, we can, there's no minimum order quantities that are custom engraving. We can do literally just one. If you want to get your signature on your journal or you want to get a, a company logo of your friend's company or your company, um, just reach out. As long as the image isn't copyright protected, we can definitely engrave it normally. And uh, if you just send an email, S-A-L-E-S at MurdyCreative.co, make sure to attach the image in the highest resolution you can. Uh, we'll be sure to create a mock-up for you, as well as a custom order link for you to purchase. In that email, if you could include the product you're interested in, any ideas about like the design, where you want it positioned, the size, any of that kind of stuff, it really helps us you know, get those things turned around quick and be able to get you guys those links. So definitely reach out. We'd love to help. We love making custom stuff for you guys. That being said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a great day and goodbye.